0: You're listening to Tabletop and Beyond, the Guild 9 gaming podcast covering board games, to war games, and beyond.
1: And welcome back to Tabletop and Beyond. I am your host, Justin. I'm here with my co-host, Jason and Dan. Hey. And we are excited. Dan is muted right now, but, uh, you know, he'll be back.
2: It's like uh, the, uh, uh, every conference call we've all hear... been in
0: for the last, yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. I was saying so many pithy things that were lost because <laughs> of my mute button. moment Moments gone.
1: Uh, but more importantly than my co host and myself, we are joined once again by our main man, Zach Kaskagoon, otherwise known as Kenan Oates.
3: Hey. Hello. We, Good to have you here, man. Yeah. Thank you.
1: Howdy, glad to have me. You back? This is, uh, I think, the first time that you've uh, sort of virtually met our other co host, Dan, because it was just Jason and I last time. Yeah, that's if right. If I'm not mistaken. Yep.
3: There so, you go. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm glad to have you. Well, thank you. I'm glad to be back
1: we've got a great show we're talking about a lot of updates that are coming up to the grimdark compendium which is uh uh kendon's baby here um but before that let's get into our geek week so jason how was your geek week
0: i had a fun geek week i um i played several games on the uh the uh the games pass this week and on one of them i said you know hey look tetris i'm just gonna download that on the side and I was about ready to go to bed, and it popped—you know—popped a little notification. Was like, "Hey, your Tetris is ready to get started." So I opened that sucker up, and dude, three hours later, I finally <laughs> <laughs> pulled away and was like, "I've got to go to bed." But this Tet- Tetris effect, man, it is a cool spin on that game. It is a lot of
1: fun. Oh, I yeah. got so sucked into it one day, and I, it was the same thing. Oh, Tetris! I'm gonna play this for like right? you know a little bit, and like four hours later, I'm like. What? Where?
0: Are, where am yeah, I? Where, where, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. You're looking around. Oh, that's right. I I live in a house. Uh, Did you have but, Tetris dreams? Oh, I'm. You know, I don't know. Maybe I slept so well afterwards. I can't. Man. But anyways,
2: I remember those from the yeah. Game Boy days. You oh, wake up yeah. and you would oh, be playing goodness. the game in your sleep. So well, this great. this
0: is a cool spin on it because it's got some really awesome like uh, tunes. You know, kind of like dance music that goes with it. Um, but so you've got this kind of like. I feel uh, like I'm in an
1: Abercrombie and Fitch.
0: You know what? You've got like a progressive environment <laughs> around you that's that's very in tune with the music. And they do really cool things with like the effects while you're moving the pieces. And when the pieces hit the, gra- the ground floor, they are using sound effects that's that are really in line with the music. So you feel like you're participating in the song while you're playing the game. Yep.
1: And it'll it'll flash, um, like uh, effects will happen too. So if yeah. you are immersed in the environment. And in fact, one of the things it says is, this game is best played when with a surround sound system or headphones. Mm-hmm. And I believe it because it's really immersive.
0: Yeah, I even sent my wife down, and she played. Um, she played one round, and she was like, "That's really cool." So they they did a really good job with that game. Um, and I've definitely sunk a lot of hours into it already i've almost beat it i've almost beat the main story i'm on the just last one good luck dude the last one took me a long oh, time like 90 lines and the, the, yeah this you know the and speed it gets, gets up oh yeah it i've gotten insane. i've gotten within eight or i've gotten within five lines twice and it just builds up and you get to that top and you're like no 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 no, not no, only
1: five. Oh, yeah and whatever got to enter the code
0: yep but anyways last thing i did was i finished um I finished getting a few reviews on my, hor- my horror short story, and I've got it formatted up and ready to submit to uh, to uh, the online magazine. So oh, we'll I see like what it. happens. Yeah, it'll be fun.
1: Very good. Very good. That was a good horror story. I, I, I enjoyed reading it.
0: Yeah, I've t- thanks for your feedback. I tweaked it a little bit. Uh, I think after I submit it, I'll probably maybe post a link or something so the larger audience can see it.
1: Very cool. Very good. Very good. Uh, we're we're going to go with our guest next. Kendon, how was your geek week?
3: Uh oh, it was pretty good man. I uh just been painting mostly. I got uh I got a bunch of projects on multiple tables here. I got um Lionel Johnson, okay? And uh I got the the bear-chested demon lady I'm still working on. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we were just talking about that before the working show on that
0: one for a while no, what?
3: <laughs> yeah still working on that one and actually still working on the Nagash too so I just started painting that one. Oh yeah I remember and you talking about that last time yeah yeah so I just I just got around to start painting that one last week and uh posted a little pic of that I got it's a I'm gonna be working on a tutorial for that so it's a pretty long tutorial cuz I'm going to go over the how I built it and every and the concept and everything like that. So mm-hmm. been doing that. I got one of my buddies down here helping me with all with all the projects right now. So is this the um, same buddy who's uh, working in Atlanta with you? Uh yeah, it is. So Nice. Yeah, his name's Andrew. He's a uh, was or maybe still is i'm not sure COVID kind of shut it down for him but he's uh, a makeup artist on the walking dead so mm. oh nice uh, yeah but he's cool he's here to help and uh he loves painting miniatures so he's he's getting them based out and ready for me to do all the grim darkness on them
1: i was gonna i was gonna ask you just really quickly like you've got three major projects going on and it's interesting to see how you bounce back and forth between the three of them versus sticking with one and seeing it through all the way to the end
3: right yeah um yeah you know i actually don't really think about it i just kind of you know whatever i'm feeling that day you know yeah. there's lots of stuff to do there's you know i got a lot of models i could i could paint for you know clients or tutorials or something like that so um uh, but yeah you know just whatever i feel like doing that day or you know if i feel like doing some the gash i'll get on that and if i feel like uh, wet blending a bunch of flesh, I'll paint on the the demon lady, you know. Just depends on how I'm feeling, really. But, yeah, there's a, there's a lot going on right now.
1: Nice. Yeah, good stuff, man. Good stuff. And we are obviously going to get into more of uh, some of your projects you've got going on later on in the show. But um, it's great to see all the stuff that you pump out. I told you earlier I am a primetime lurker and i lurk everywhere on your facebook page and and website so
3: cool uh, yeah. you may
1: you may not see me because i'm an expert level lurker
3: yeah i see you, <laughs> i see you occasionally just here and there yeah exactly every yeah. now and then stop
1: clicking
2: like and making comments you know breadcrumbs you're so easy to find
1: maybe i want to be found in that moment <laughs> that's not creepy all right dan up to you. Well, how was your geek week?
2: You, you know, I've, I've talked about this silly game table for months. We actually got my family together around the table last night to play a new yeah. game that we'd never played before. And uh, we played Disney's Jungle Cruise, which is a Ravensburger game. We've talked about that publishing group before. And it was a pretty decent game. It was it exceeded my expectations. Um essentially you all have a boat you're on the jungle cruise ride at, you know or the or the analog of what you would have been you're not on the disney ride you're on you know in a in an adventure and your boat is full of people who are all of one of four families and bad things start happening and people start falling off the boat and oh, getting that's lost hilarious. and so you can replace them with cargo and you can re- and you can find some of them and bring them back to your boat. And then you realize, as you get further down the river, that it's more valuable for wind condition to keep some of one family versus another.
1: <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. So
2: one of the other weird things about the game, and the, the mechanics were kind of interesting and fun. And I did kind of like it. But every time you draw an encounter card, which is constantly throughout the game, you have to read the corny joke that the guy on the Jungle Cruise ride would be saying. Oh, oh, that's great. So it sounded like so much fun until round three and we're like, just skip the jokes. This is taking too long, (laughs) it's taking too long. We can barely make our way down this river with all the ridiculous jokes. But uh, the teenage daughter beat us all even though she wasn't playing. The 11-year-old daughter decided to anti-play, try to kill all of her passengers. Wow. that was a little dark for her, a little dark. And the uh, eight-year-old son crawled under the table and yelled, I'm bored. So, <laughs> <It's> nice. <laughs> the the first...
0: real question is, how are the chairs?
2: How are the chairs? Everybody liked the chairs. Everybody liked the chairs. Nice. Now, we didn't we didn't get to use the features. There were no RPG books or whatever to put underneath the chair or in the back panel, but um, everybody seemed to like it. But it is a very high table. It's for grown-ups. and My kids are small and so... The photo that my wife took and put on Facebook, all my kids, it's very, they're in the table comes up to their armpits. Um, so, so uh, but who cares? And the chairs are lower than I thought I would be, th- I thought they would be. So ah. anyway, long story short, it's it's all funny. Um, the second Geek Week is, i started watching uh, Debs one night because I had, you guys recommended it. Yes. I was done in less than 24 hours. No, no, I could not put that thing push. down. Oh my oh, god. Oh, you
0: finished it in twenty four hours.
2: Oh yes, I did. Oh, Less than yes. twenty four hours. I like yes. was like, oh, you got I got sucked in, huh? I gotta go to sleep and find nope. a way to finish these episodes uh, in Sleep's in the between overrated. times. Yeah, yeah. Just On like a
1: scale a of like one that. to ten, what would you rate that series? I, I thought
2: it was a ten. Uh, it
1: was a and, great series. It.
0: It's amazing.
2: I, I, and there's no sequel to it. It's just eight episodes. Yep and um it does a lot with just uh, the soundtrack and um and the the uh cinematography is gorgeous oh yeah 100%. to set the mood of uh, you know it's just lighting and beautiful cinematography and the story is really compelling too so i uh, I, I did the same thing Jay did. I wandered around for a while and scratched my head, and it was a, had a scrambled egg brain afterwards. Yeah.
0: But I, I, all right, so we got to have an episode on it now. After
2: we're we're gonna have to a, a spoilerific deconstruction episode on yeah, Devs. Yeah, totally. I, I'd really enjoy that.
0: Cool.
1: Did uh, uh, Kenan have you seen that show, Devs?
3: Uh, no, I actually haven't. I, I've seen it around, but I've never watched any of it. It's on uh, Amazon, right?
1: I think it's Hulu. I think Hulu. it's exclusive. It's Hulu. To Hulu. Uh, it's Hulu. Yeah,
0: I think it is Hulu. You're right. yep.
1: It's Hulu. Yeah,
3: yeah um, I'm, one, I'm one of those people that binge Harry Potter and Lord of the Rings pretty much mm-hmm. all day, every day. Over and over and over, yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> That's the
2: goods. That's the goods right there. That means you're a yeah. good person. That candidate. was like That's
0: me and, mean, <laughs> uh, when I was in middle school. was like I had one VCR tape with Commando and Predator. And when it hit nice. the end, it just hit rewind <laughs> and just played it again. All Uh summer. For, for, for me, trompo. it was...
1: Uh, it was Braveheart. I think I watched Braveheart like twenty-five times my sophomore year oh, in high
3: Mando. school. Yeah, have you ever yeah. watched the movie Legend? Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh-huh.
0: With the uh, t- is that the Tom Cruise? Tom one? Cruise. Yeah, yeah as yeah, a little yeah. kid. Yeah,
3: that's one I, I love binging that movie too. That's yeah, a great
0: and uh, Tim Curry right is the yeah. devil yep. thingy, uh, well, whatever it is. Lord
3: of Lord of Darkness. Lord of Darkness.
0: Doing, yeah. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's a classic.
3: Yeah another beautifully shot
2: film I
1: haven't
2: yeah, seen it in definitely. years but I still remember how
0: great I need to I need to show it goes. to
3: my kids cuz it's it, been a while Yeah the practical effects all the makeups and stuff and that are amazing Yeah
2: right. that's, yeah That's right pre-digital so good
0: yeah. yeah
3: yeah Yeah I mean I feel like that's what made Lord of the Rings so much better than the Hobbit was just how it, uh, a lot of things in the original trilogy was practical
0: Yeah Yes and
3: yeah, those absolutely. in the Hobbit was CGI All CGI yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, definitely. And they tried to do the whole like uh what was it like uh uh 120 frames a second kind of shot and it started making people feel ill in the theaters. Cuz like the the motion like especially when they are running With the through Goblin Town. Yeah. Oh.
3: Yeah, that movie just looked strange, man, the whole thing. Yeah.
2: Yeah, you have to be on a real Tolkien mode to be into tolkien and tolerate all the weirdness they put in the hobbit yeah to to get through all those hours i love them i own them digitally i have them in my digital library and i i think they're great but i don't go back to them as much as i would um the regular lord of the rings yeah yeah
0: i'm not gonna lie to you my wife and i started watching the hobbit and i think we uh we made our own intermission we were like let's go to bed we'll finish the movie tomorrow
1: and it never happened (laughs) it never happened that was the first movie (laughs) yeah well, the
2: first yeah, one holds up really well. It's the rest of the trilogy that just kind of yeah, yeah fizzles Maybe out Maybe it was real the second
0: bad. one, I don't know, but somewhere in there, yeah. which is sad because
1: like the third part, third movie is supposed to be like, hey, this is the battle of the five armies, this is gonna be epic, and then you're just like, oh.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think we like, struggle with what was it the uh, the uh, it was like a white orc or something they,
2: yeah the... yeah that
0: like that's not part of the book at all, right?
2: Oh, I think I think he does have a toehold in in the in the canon, but I don't want to overstep there. I could
1: be wrong. So so they mixed a lot in the Hobbit. They mixed a lot from this uh, some similarities. Sim, simil-
2: well, there are other books too. This, I have my characters yeah. from Tolkien right in front of me on my bookshelf. I could look it up, but I won't. I won't go that deep. Yeah. yeah. So they mix, just, they
1: mixed yeah. in a lot of deep 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 lore that wasn't in the Hobbit, but right. That was, that was like, my I think that was yeah. my beef.
0: Was in, it was in other the, things, yeah. Right. I don't remember it being in the main story arc yeah. for the Hobbit. There's
2: but, Forgotten you know. Tales and, and yeah. a whole bunch of other things, yeah. Okay. Yep. Uh yep.
1: so my Geek Week. Uh All I gotta right, play Justin. I gotta play some Warcry with Jason.
0: Was that so this week? Oh man, that was, it was, wasn't it? That was
1: last week, yep. So yeah. that, was that was great. Fun. So we played some more Warcry. Uh we've been um I picked up some maggotkin uh plague drones from Oh man, those uh, things are fast. Yeah, I picked them up from a, a friend who uh, was having a fire sale on some of his minis because he's moving to California and didn't want to bring them. But Matt Matt Barker, I thank you very much for the models. They already got good use, and they're in my display case right now. So um, I am excited to uh, to continue to use them. So, uh, yeah, we had a good time playing. Um, I love the Warband the war concept. It allows me to paint little tiny, you know, amounts of every army that I really want to play. So I don't have to paint, you know, a hundred, a hundred models of one thing. I only have to paint like eight and it's fun. <laughs> it's great. Yeah. Um, it, 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 it's enough. It's like a, you know, it's an inch deep and a mile wide that I get to do with, uh, in terms of very vari- variation and painting and stuff like that. So it's pretty cool. Um, yeah, so we had a good time playing War Cry, and then we also entertained Jason and his wife over uh, for a game night on Friday, and um, we got to play the Bob Ross Art of the Chill game.
0: Oh my gosh, so You're fun. You're kidding? So I remember fun. when
1: that came out. Of, I
2: remember seeing that at Gen Con. Yeah, there was like a dude like, dressed as
0: Bob Ross walking
2: yeah.
1: around with it. Yeah. Oh, so It holds I, up.
2: It's not just a gimmick. It's good. There's an nice cool actual game It was fun.
1: There. It was a lot of fun. So... Um, uh, I won this game at a white elephant gift party like three years ago. Oh, I
2: remember you telling me about this. Yeah. Or four
1: years ago. It was a long time ago, right, Jason? It was a yeah. while. Yeah,
0: it was about four years ago, I think. Yeah. yeah.
1: Anyway, so uh, I, we had played it a couple of times before, but um, this is the first time that we played it, obviously, with you, Jason, and your wife. And um, it's a it's a fun little game. The mechanics in it are really easy. It's uh, you know you can you're competitive with it. Is it a happy not... little
2: game? Yeah. Oh, yeah he said it's a fun yeah. little game i'm like You're is it a happy, happy little treats. tree happy little, is it tree? A happy of little things tree? you paint
1: yeah like yep. your goal is to like um you know you got to collect some paint you got to collect some brushes and once you get all the paint and brushes that you need to <laughs> put it on your palette and then once you have it on your palette then, you know, they're cards, like uh, they're paint cards, not actual paint. So, you know, you put the, the cards on your palette, and then once you have everything you need, then you can paint the feature, like it, maybe it's some mountains or some uh, uh, river or It was or some all trees. the
0: Almighty Mountains.
1: The Almighty Mountains and the Flowing River.
0: The Mela... It, I'm sorry,
2: I just yeah. woke up. I'm sorry. Exactly. Right. <laughs> so <laughs> right, right? I know. so yeah, it's a lot of fun. It.
0: You're sitting here describing it, I'm thinking it sounds like, like a little kid game. But <laughs> <You gotta laughs>
1: sounds get your really brains, good Then your yeah. brush.
0: Yeah. It was good. It was
1: a good time though. We had a good time. Um and then we, we also played, what else did we play? That Hollywood or Blockbuster video trivia game?
0: Uh yeah. And uh yeah. That, that
1: was that was fun.
0: Not one of those games that's just about, you know, like, how fast can you dig into the cobwebs of your memory to pull up old movies and stuff?
1: Which, little did you guys know, but that is a frequented file cabinet in my brain. Oh,
0: I know. (laughs) I know now. (laughs) I don't know.
1: (laughs) We had, there was one thing that was like, name as many movies as you can with montages. And I like, I I was like, okay, here we go. (laughs) Like,
0: <laughs> yeah, it was pretty awesome. It's like releasing the kraken for you. It just, yeah. boom, it just boom, exactly. Getting a lot
2: done in a montage. What was that? Yeah, exactly. From
0: Team America.
1: <laughs> Team America. We're gonna yeah. need
2: a montage. Yep.
0: <laughs> it's pretty funny too because we actually had a little mini argument over what Claire defines a montage.
2: Yeah. Uh, we we're like, well,
0: let's look this up. <laughs>
2: no yeah. dialogue, music in the back, smash cuts. No uh, problem. Does not have
0: to have music. We learned that. Does not oh. Have to have music. OK. We're so I, used to it, having it. but
1: See, I think it should. But you know, <laughs> yeah, anyway.
0: We're going to continue this argument?
1: Yeah. Ex- yeah, exactly. <laughs> all right, so Dan, uh, that was my geek week. Uh, what do you got for us for some news? I got some news items, too, at the end. But all let's, right, let's, let's we'll keep, keep it up.
2: light so we can get to our main topic. News, news, news now. Sorry. <laughs> I try something every week, and it's all different. Sorry. All we right.
1: clearly haven't found something that works.
2: Well, that's kind of the fun. The thing that works is us doing something totally random every time. That's our that's Fair our enough. pattern. We're very predictable. Oh man, I'm in devs again. Let me get out of that. That's All right. So uh, late last year, the first reports from Hasbro from a Hasbro shareholders meeting that the company was in the process of developing a Dungeons and Dragons television series. Now we have the first name attached, Derek Kolstex, who will be creating the pitch for the series. Kolstex. Uh, Colstex, I'm sorry, is best known for writing all three films of the John Wick series, plus the upcoming fourth film, and he's done some other work for uh, Winter Soldier and um, Falcon. So, um, no slouch. Uh, Looks like somebody who, you know, has got a trilogy plus one, a quadrology of films under his belt. So, uh, that bodes well for the D&D television series, not to be confused with the movie that we've also reported on. Uh, Yeah, very cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Next item of news, uh, Handiwork Games announced that the Beowulf RPG is headed to Kickstarter backers and to retail release. The 5e adaptation of Beowulf is a unique duet play system built around one game master and one player to recreate the epic stories in a traditional European mythological style. The 256-page core rulebook Features all the rules you need to tell the legendary tales of a single hero. PDFs are expected to go out to Kickstarter backers next week, with a retail release coming as soon as February. A duet
1: RPG. Interesting. Do you guys remember the Beowulf movie that came out maybe 10, 15 years ago? Yeah, it was like Angelina full CGI or something. Angelina, yes. Yeah, 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 exactly what did you guys think of that? That was uh,
2: um, the same CGI they used for the uh, Polar Express, and right, I, right. I was in the what is it the the trough of disillusionment or whatever. What is it? What is it? The uncanny the, Valley. Uncanny Valley. Yeah, I was in the yep. Uncanny Valley on that on those.
1: Yeah. So, a lot of people were. Uh, you were not alone. Um, but I I thought it was pretty awesome. I I liked it. I've seen it a couple of times.
2: I think I need to give it a second try because now that cgi has improved so much i can just chalk it up to that's what those movies look like of that era and not yeah. like oh my gosh you know aren't they doing a terrible job um,
1: right yeah
0: i don't know i still struggle with polar express every time they watch it oh, man. <laughs> like yeah, once a, a year
2: it, the only part that's good is when my kids are watching it and it's the elves and they look more cartoony and that's like mm. easy, more easily mm. uh, acceptable Anywho, anywho, so if you're into duet RPGs, and I figured there is a market for duet RPGs, some people have really small gaming groups. Maybe it's just you and a pal. Um, we can't assume everybody has four or five players with two or three that you don't tell that you're playing because, uh, you know, you don't have room at the table. So um, I think that in certainly in the era of COVID, um, a duet RPG certainly has its place.
1: Interesting. Okay.
2: Uh, according to a product page on Amazon, it looks like we'll be getting more than just a revamped board game when Hero Quest gets revived. Hero Quest, the card game, has shown up listed under the odd category of sports and outdoors, leisure sports, and game room, casino equipment. According, huh. to, the, according to the description, players will work together to escape an underground dungeon and defeat the evil wizard Zargon. Each player. Has a different hero with unique abilities but all can only sustain four wounds before they're defeated you must deplete the dungeon deck before that happens so more from hero quest coming
1: so this is listed under casino equipment
2: Uh uh-huh interesting Uh bad data garbage in garbage
1: out (laughs) awesome i have two product alerts uh, product alert number one is a new D and D supplement is coming out. It is available for pre order right now. Ooh. It is twenty nine ninety nine. It is called Candle Keep Mysteries. It actually looks very interesting. It is meant to be uh well let me say it's an anthology of seventeen mystery themed adventures for the world's greatest role playing game. Um their words not mine. And um basically though, it is a stand- there, there are standalone adventures. Um, in there that you can use as side adventures with any campaign that you have going on or as a one shot type of thing that you want to do. So um, there's a lot of cool puzzles, traps, uh, uh, you know riddles, like all sorts of it's it's all about mystery. It's all about trying to find, uh, you know find out what's going on and um, you can easily insert it to any campaign or system that you have. It's meant to be, Um, setting agnostic so um, they do have um, some basically all every camp every adventure begins with a book and that book will lead you to discover other amazing things so it sounds really cool Uh, like I said it's um, $29.99 available uh, for pre-order, so it should be coming out soon.
2: They also have a, a nice deep red leather version of it too, which is about 20 bucks more expensive, but if you yeah. like the more bookshelfy version of it. I love the idea of Modular Adventures, one of the RPGs I bought a lot of books of, is filled with modular adventures at the end of all the splat books uh, which is or modular encounters rather so instead of writing one adventure with one narrative they write 10 scenarios that would be could make up a night or or half of a night or a third of a night and that is those are way more useful to keeping a consistent narrative going in for, for in my opinion than a heavy duty let's start this thing from the beginning and plow through
1: yeah yeah definitely i'm i'm uh um, looking forward to it. So, uh, the other product alert that I have is on the Bundle of Holding, um, which is kind of like, it, it's the same company that does Humble Bundle, um, but the Bundle of Holding is more RPG fantasy style stuff. Um, one of the things that caught my eye is the, um, there's a whole set of novels by Glenn Cook. And if you're wondering who Glenn Cook is, he's most famous for his, um book series the black company um which is kind of a military themed um fantasy fantasy uh uh series um dark military fantasy and it is kind of dark but it's really good uh he has several other books um such as the dread empire series starfishers dark war and the nightshade books um, and you can get the entire, his, uh, complete collection for $27 in Kindle or, or, PDF format, uh, on humble bundle. And it looks really good. I think I'm going to pick it up because all of like, there's some sci-fi stuff in there and then there's some fantasy stuff in there and it looks really good, really good. So I just want to put that out there for our friends who like to read, uh, dark fantasy, dark, dark sci-fi
2: sweet. Thanks for sharing.
1: Uh, The last piece of news, I'm going to turn over to uh, our guest, Kenan, to announce um, about his uh, Grimdark Compendium contest.
3: Uh, Yeah, so we got a little giveaway going on the website right now. Uh, Basically, you just log in or visit the GrimdarkCompendium.com. And you'll see a little tab for the giveaway there. And all you have to do is just answer one little question. And you're basically just entered in to win a free year subscription to the compendium. So uh we just like to give back a little bit. So, uh, you know, it's, it's pretty easy to do it that way. So we're excited. You know, there's a I, few, days, few days left. Well, actually, about five days left. Yep, five days Friday. left.
1: So I'm gonna be honest. I don't know how to answer this. It says answer correctly to qualify. Who's giving away this prize? Chaos Gods, Emperor of Mankind, Zach cascagoon Miniatures. <laughs> I'm I'm leaning towards Emperor of Mankind because <laughs> you know he gives all, but I'm I'm just not sure. Yeah. So it, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty simple. Yeah, it's pretty simple. <laughs> I'm entering right now. Awesome. Um, I also noticed that there was a way to sort of enter via Facebook too, right?
3: um did you I'm have not, something in there i'm not 100 percent sure about that i think it's if you find anything on facebook uh, it's like a link or maybe you share stuff on facebook oh okay uh,
1: maybe that's what it was
3: yeah sean's okay. sean set it all up so i'm not a hundred percent sure what the what all the ways you can enter are um but you know all he had to do was ask me if i'd give a year away and i was down for that and mm-hmm. then he would handle the rest
1: hey that's what a good business manager does right (laughs)
3: yeah
2: so tell everybody again how to enter just super
3: quick okay yeah so you just go to www.grimdarkcompendium.com. you'll see a little tab up at the top of the screen that will say giveaway you click on that and then you'll you'll come to a page and down at the very bottom there's a little drop down box where you can answer select an answer for a question that you'll see right above the drop-down box you just select the answer and then you're uh, all ready to go awesome. and
1: uh, I so I just did it it literally took me like 10 seconds I'm right behind you and um, <laughs> there's there's also other ways that you can increase your entry it's like if you follow on Facebook follow on Instagram follow on YouTube join the Facebook group post an image on pinterest there's like you know all sorts of things that you can increase your chances so um yeah. i highly recommend recommend uh uh doing that and um yeah checking it out
3: i was gonna say i was gonna say while you're talking about the D D stuff um do you think this new trilogy for Dragonlance will lead to any like new campaign settings within Dragonlance or any Ooh, new good question s- story for that
0: I think absolutely.
3: Yeah, because I'm a big Dragonlance fan. You know, I like, I like the Pathfinder system as well, like 3.5. But uh, uh, back when Thacko was a thing, that was the... Oh, to me, that was dating the,
0: yourself. The,
3: <laughs> that was the golden <laughs> days right there. You know? And, yeah. and that, that trilogy back then was super good too, you know? Uh, you know what trilogy yeah. I'm talking about? Oh, oh yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. The dra- the Dragons trilogy. Yeah, it was super, super good.
0: Yeah, I gave, funny story, I gave my, uh, at, let's see, at the time, how old was she? She was probably eight, seven, seven or eight, probably eight. I gave my eight-year-old daughter one of uh, those books to read. And <laughs> at, like, 11 o'clock at night one time, I'm sitting at my desk, and all of a sudden, I hear I hear my daughter just bursting out in tears. I'm like, oh, my gosh, you know, because usually when that happens the it means they threw up. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. So I go running into the bedroom, just fully expecting it. She's just sitting there in a bed, just sobbing with the Dragonlance book. She's like, "She died. Gomu died." And I'm <laughs> like, "Oh man, I forgot about that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sorry. Keep reading. Keep reading. <laughs> it's okay." But yeah, no, I think absolutely. I think that you know they worked through the lawsuits and all that jazz. And um, I think that you know they're they're on the hook. They're going to get some stories, and that's only going to produce content. And whether or not it's licensed material, there's going to be a gazillion amount of fan made material that'll follow around. that.
3: Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. You think they'll use the uh, like five E rule set, or they'll go back? Absolutely, to, I think, think. I think so? it will. Yeah. Oh man, I, I miss Thaco, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I really do. It's like you know, hey, there's my, nothing stopping
0: I, you from uh, right, you know, uh, playing in that system.
3: Uh, what? Well, yeah, like uh I'll talk to my, you know, my buddies play D anD D, and I'm like, ask them about Thaco, and they're just like, "What? What's that?" What are that, you talking man? about? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like if you don't know what Thaco is, you you shouldn't even be playing D anD D, man. <laughs> <laughs> okay, there we go. that no, We be got the... a, we have a purity test
1: now, boys. Right. What is <laughs> Thaco? Yeah, <laughs> that's
3: that should be the question on my website, actually.
0: There you go. That's right. Yeah.
1: <laughs> that's great. That's great. So, uh, yeah, enter the contest. Get in there. Um, get signed up. Follow his stuff because uh, you know it's it's amazing. It, which brings us to our main topic: what amazing things is Kenda Notes up to right now? Uh, we had you on the show what back in September? Yeah, I think. Yeah. yeah so yeah. it's been a little while. Um, I told you I'm a I'm a I'm a smooth lurker. And uh, seeing that you were up to a lot of good stuff, and um, so we want to just kind of catch up with you. Now, before we really get into it, the things that you've been up to, uh, you have to—you left us on a bit of a cliffhanger at the end of our last show. You told us that you had a crazy story about how you got into like painting and, and moving down to Atlanta, and yeah. uh, I've I've been waiting to hear the story.
3: <laughs> okay, <laughs> so. Ba- basically this is the this is the story of how i got into painting props in atlanta um, i have a group of friends here in uh, south carolina that we gr- we went to school together and everything one of them is uh, i'm gonna call him abel uh, just i'm not gonna say his real name but uh, abel was an extremely talented artist very naturally talented uh did insanely cool illustrations and uh you know so we all hung out we were kind of doing our own things this was at the time when I first started painting Warhammer and uh you know he was working on his deal and then uh, he had a couple other people working with him so Abel and he had this sidekick for his entire life you know this guy this guy named Troy basically sidekick they worked together all the time so um like I said, he did primarily illustrations and that sort of thing, but uh, he started getting into three D modeling. Uh, this is really early on, when you know three D three D modeling is really popular right now. But you know, this is right when it started kind of kicking up, yeah. Know, started gaining some popularity, and uh, you know, this guy was a, you know, he was a pr- pretty charismatic, you know and very talented like I said but somehow he had went down to Atlanta to meet a guy through some mutual connection and they were doing work on the show Constantine so the guy he went and met was a studio on the studio and they were doing work on the show Constantine and uh, they had a prop and these these the studio these guys hand sculpted everything so it took a a long time to produce a prop, you know. Yeah. And uh, something went up with a prop, and uh, a deal was just happened to be there. And he was like, "Man, I could rapid." Uh, oh, I said his name. Sorry, but uh, he uh, he said, um, "I can rapid prototype this uh, really quickly on a 3D modeling. We'll print it out. i yeah. have it tomorrow." You know. So he gets that going, and then boom he's basically this studio guy's like, oh my God, you know, this this is a game changer right here. Yeah, you know, yeah. So. so, you know, they start working, Adil, Troy, and my buddy, my partner, my actually my current partner in Atlanta now, Travis, they start working together. And uh, Travis is helping with 3D printing and stuff like that. They start getting a lot of work on Constantine and other shows. And then they wanted to have me uh come down and and paint a few things so um at the time i was working at games uh gamestop yeah all right and um uh, you know painting warhammer stuff so on, when i wasn't working i would go down there and i would paint a few things so my first trip down to atlanta was pretty was pretty crazy this is for the really crazy stuff started happening but the just the first trip was kind of insane uh like the amount of pressure uh, to get these props made in 24 hours and yeah. ready to shoot the next day is you know it's pretty crazy so we went down there it was uh it, it, we went before the snowstorm came in it was about this time of year this is you know a good many years back went down there and we made a prop for Microsoft it was this uh it was like this uh it was for a video game it was like a, I I don't recall the name of the video game but the dude wore some kind of time-traveling device on his back. And uh, so we made that prop, we got it painted, and we gave it to the prop master or the uh, the studio head down there. Yeah. And uh, we went back. We went back home. And uh, so when we get back home, he's like, he calls us up. He's like, we got a problem. I, I broke the prop oh no yeah all right so we we drive back and the, like i had said the storm was coming in this winter storm so we get there and we like do all this work to the prop you know and uh and then we we finish again and then we start heading back and it starts snowing on, on the on the way back and it's like a two-hour drive from from that studio to to where i live we're going back to my place and as we're going back to this place um it you know like i said this freezing rain snows coming down we come to like a, a road jam basically like a traffic jam you yeah know? and a tree has fallen over the road and we're not, you know we're not too far back in the line so we get out and we go up and look and there's this guy up there luckily he's got a winch on his truck and we start to kind of pull the tree out of the road to go back and then, uh, you know, while we're doing that, all these trees start falling. Like two or three <laughs> trees start falling, and it's pitch black dark. Whoa. You can't see, can't see anything. And, uh, you know, I just start running. You know, I can, hear, <laughs> I, I, I can hear the trees falling, but you can't see them. You know, you can't that's see a, them. That's a square <laughs> like stomping that's a, towards you. That's yeah. a
1: solid <laughs> Forrest Gump move. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, dude, <laughs> I started running.
3: yeah I just took off man I mean I didn't know it sounded like they were gonna land right on top of me so I just like ran you know (laughs) but you know so these trees start falling and it's the craziest like it's insane like what's happening like I'm just like oh my God we're gonna I'm gonna smash by a tree because it wasn't like you know one or two trees fell I mean, it was like trees just falling like every few <laughs> seconds. You know, luckily, most of them are falling in the woods, but there was like one or two that fell on the road and like smashed a car right beside. Oh my gosh. Where we we're, were standing, you know. And like I said, we weren't far back in the line. So, you know, this dude winches this tree out of the road and we just take back off, you know, getting, you know, on down the road. And as we're going back, you know, uh, down just down highway 85 is where it's at if you ever heard of that but uh there's like cars everywhere off the in the ditches and stuff it's a real bad storm but luckily we got back we got back to my house we sleep for like one to two hours phone rings and the guy's like this prop doesn't work we need another one like now you know so we had to make an another prop just I, just so fast. And then I was, it was up to me to paint it. And I was just so tired, uh, from driving and, you know, doing all this work that, it, uh, and the know, adrenaline, really, I,
2: you should have had, I'd, it. you're coming down from the adrenaline high of the trees. falling. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah. there was just so much going on, but I had this, uh, I, I didn't have like the, the painting fundamentals down yet, you know, so I didn't really know what I was doing at the time. And, uh, So, when we go to paint this prop again, like, I put way too much paint on it. And, you know, I'm tired and stuff like that. But I put so much paint on this thing in multiple layers that it just will not dry. Oh, no. Yeah, we had to have it back down there by noon, you know, the next day. And, like, it just wouldn't dry. And, basically, uh, what ended up happening, how we got the prop delivered, was uh, the fella, a, a deal, basically... Uh, fix the paint job as he was being driven to Atlanta by Troy. So on the way down, he was like painting, like fixing the paint and everything like that. Oh my gosh. But uh, so the real crazy part happens with uh, with this guy, Dill. He, uh, like I said, he's um, he's super talented, and uh, but he's got this weird kind of, very kind of charismatic, but he's got a really kind of, weird personality and he can definitely rub you the wrong way pretty easily but uh so this guy goes in gets basically all of us in the door to atlanta working on these props and stuff you know And then all of a sudden we're you know making a ton of money doing working for tv shows and stuff just all suddenly you know but uh like i said adil's character was a a bit flawed and uh, he got In a lot of arguments with some of the the like shop head the studio owners and that sort of thing so he uh he promptly gets himself pushed out of the industry pretty quickly
1: oh no and got uh, himself
3: sideways huh yeah he he gets himself sideways pretty quickly basically gets removed from the equation entirely and uh, my buddy, Travis, the guy I'm partners with now takes basically takes a spot, you know, in the like a deal was doing all the uh, rapid prototyping and, and making all the props and that sort of thing. And it, like I said, he gets pushed out of the industry and Travis pretty much takes takes his spot, you know, basically takes his spotlight, too, as like the creative person that's making all this happen, you know and uh so this guy uh, literally loses his mind like literally goes crazy you know and uh you know he has to be putting putting into a facility you know oh my gosh to keep him from basically i think harming himself he was trying to harm us you know and uh he was like uh not i mean he would show up at, like, four in the morning in Atlanta and, like, deface the studio's property, like, spray paint the the entryways and, you know, do all kind of weird, creepy stuff. And uh, But that continued for a while, and, uh, you know, just that sort of thing. But, yeah, he, uh, so as we're, you know, basically as we're working on all these props and stuff, this guy was... You know this guy was re- he just really couldn't handle what happened to him because he was like at the probably his highest moment in his life career whatever yeah you know and then all of a sudden he basically had to move back home with his parents that sort of thing had n- zero connections basically uh a lot of his work too now I didn't have too much to do with the the decision-making or anything like that. I was just kind of brought in to paint and and that sort of thing. But uh, some of his props that he made in design kind of got used after he had been pushed out. So this yeah. only f- fueled the fire, you know, and there's been several... I mean, I won't go into details, but there's been several uh, c- close encounters with this individual, you know, and... uh yeah, so it, it's been a pretty crazy story uh, with all that. But when I moved back from Atlanta, when I got done with my work in Atlanta, I moved back here. You know, I just kind of like it. Yeah. In the S- South Carolina area, a lot better. So this guy lives like less than a mile from me right now. So <laughs> <laughs> so no way! Amazing. No way! Yeah. yeah that is crazy. Describe- just right down the street, but so, yeah, so it was like a really just kind of crazy story. It's kind of, it's hard to convey just like some of the creepy stuff, you know, without being very specific, but you know, I mean, we just literally had a, a insane person like, you know, stalking and threatening just nonstop basically. So have you, you know.
1: run into him since?
3: No, I haven't run into him. uh, Like I said, I mean, he knows where I live and everything, but, uh, you know, he hasn't shown up over here or anything. Does he? I mean,
1: I'm assuming that he doesn't really, like, blame you for what happened, right? Or does
3: Um, he? (laughs) Yeah, he kind of does blame me. Basically, I mean, his hated enemy is my buddy Travis. Okay, all right. Hates him for life, but anybody, you know, anybody associated with him. Uh, it pretty much gets it, you know, it, he, you know, there's no innocent person. If you associate with, you know, the person that he sees that. Yeah. Guilt
1: by, guilt by association uh, there. Yeah.
3: You know, so yeah, it was, it was, it was a pretty crazy time. You know, we were uh, experiencing a a lot of success early on, you know, basically uh, right after he was pushed out, um, Travis and I, worked for Microsoft and made their gears of war for costumes that they used at all their cons and Whoa. stuff like that. Yeah. We did all that. And, uh, it, it, and it was a huge, like, this is like one of those jobs, you know, it's like, you know, it's, it's so lucrative that you don't even understand, understand it, you know, especially me, you know, like where I came from and, you know, the type of work I was doing before this, you know, the amount of, the amount of money was just like, it blew my mind, you know, because there were 16 suits that we had to do. Yeah. And, uh, so it was, it was crazy. It was, it was a pretty crazy time, but that was like the, you know, my, my earliest, um, experiences in Atlanta. And, uh, you know, as I talked about in the last episode, you know, while I was working on these suits for Microsoft is pretty much where I, started implementing AK interactive and oils and that sort of thing
0: now i got a question when 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 that first guy kept breaking your prop um did you like did you like charge him extra i mean it's like look dude i delivered your thing yeah
3: well dude we were we were so it was that that was like the first job we
0: had so you're getting in the door
3: yes and we were just doing whatever you know yeah we're doing whatever you know and uh but it led to more things you know like the next yep, job investment. that I had was was painting uh there was some TV show with that had a Mother Mary statue in it and I got to paint two of those uh, yeah think about the cool.
0: uh publicity it's like look you should hire these guys even if you break their stuff they'll just keep coming back
3: <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> yeah I mean we uh, it was you know like I said we we were able to get things done. F- for those people that weren't into 3D modeling at all, you know, like I said, they were making things by hand for the most part, and we could, you know, Adil had pretty much figured it out. Him and Troy had figured out the process of how to rapidly prototype something and get it and it be ready to be finished, you know, in just like twelve hours. You okay, know. so ba- had,
0: ballpark. If I was going to buy a Gears of War for suit what would it cost uh i
3: i'm not sure exactly how much those suits cost the studio to have made uh the the part of the studio that we had were working on them uh, i mean i know what i charged to paint them so they i would probably guess that each suit was At least seventy five thousand dollars whoa whoa
0: (laughs) that's cosplay right there to the next level (laughs) that is
2: real cosplay gentlemen real cosplay
0: man yeah yeah so
3: i mean these you can find some i think you can find some uh videos i think ign did an interview with one of the cosplayers that wore it to the microsoft con or whatever um, so you can see what they look like if you can find them. It's been several years, but, uh, yeah, I mean, there was, I mean, we had, it was, you know, Travis was 3d modeling from the files. They sent us files. And so I don't guess he really had a 3d model, but basically he took the files and broke them down so that we could print them and then we would print them out on several 3d printers i mean we i mean i remember at the beginning of the project we had to buy like another like 10 or 12 3d printers to go with the ones we already had to to handle the workflow so they would go from there and then in the back of the studio it was this very large probably like three to thirty five hundred square foot studio that we were working in this is before We signed our lease on on the studio that we have now. We were working in a temporary spot, just paying, you know, paying a a rent every month just on a very short lease. And uh, so in the very back, uh, there was at least like 12 people doing what we call body work. So you you would get the items, the parts off the printer, and uh, we would... sand sand them down get all the mold lines out put them together you know it's multiple pieces yeah put everything together and then we would make molds of everything we had like these two extremely good mold makers that were part of the industry down there that would make that made molds of everything and uh so it was a it was a huge project and it was like my first experience really you know before I'd painted this like a, you know, they would have me come down, you know, but, uh, you know, after, after I got like four or five jobs <clears throat> under my belt and like things were coming in consistently, uh, you know, that's when I was like, well, let's move down here. You know, let's, let's, let's pack up the kids. Let's just go and do this. If it doesn't work out, we can come back, you know, and, uh, but we moved down there and then, within literally like a week, I got the call from the studio head to ask me if I wanted to head up the paint department on that job. And, uh, yeah, it was crazy. So I imagine those suits cost quite a large amount.
1: That's crazy. I'm
2: looking at photos yeah. Yeah. of what I think is from the time frame you're talking about in the Xbox event. I might be looking at your work. I hope I am because this is amazing stuff. Yeah, that's that's yeah.
3: great. Were, were you seeing this app?
2: Well, let's see. Where am I at? Uh, News. Xbox. Com from like 2016.
3: Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah.
2: Great work. Amazing stuff. Yeah, it was.
3: Uh, it was the the chick with the white armor. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the dude with the big gray, or the dark dark blue armor. And there's a lot of lights in it too. So if you yeah. see something that's yeah, got yeah. a lot of lights.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Uh but yeah, that was that was a pretty crazy job. And then, you know, right I think the job after that I painted all the lobsters in Venom, you know. <laughs> in Venom? <laughs> that's yeah,
1: awesome.
3: yeah. You remember the, the scene in Venom where he bites the head off the lobster or whatever?
1: <laughs> that's awesome. I need to go back and watch that and be like, Hey, I know who painted that lobster. Look how good that's painted.
3: <laughs> yeah, so we had a bun- We painted all the lobsters in the scene, and then the the ones that the dude I don't know his name, the the actor he bites the head off the lobster. Those were painted with uh, that was all like food safe stuff. Like yeah. so, we made molds of the lobsters, and then the the ones that he bit, we cut the heads off, and then f- rebuilt it with food. You know, so it was like a chocolatey. I think it was a chocolate eclair. Oh, that's a, funny! With a candy shell lobster head on it that oh, we molded, yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then I painted it all with food safe paint, and uh, yeah, so that is Yeah, so, so it was, it was a pretty your, crazy.
2: Your first job there is to of... is to disappear, right? Your job there is to make it look so real and so authentic mm-hmm. that nobody's thinking whether or not that's fake. They're basically thinking, did did Tom Hardy have to chew on a real lobster, right?
3: Well, yeah, I th- you know, I think a lot of times those things get CG'd over anyway. Oh yeah, 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 yeah.
2: yeah. You know,
0: it'd be pretty so, fun if he bites and a little Twinkie filling comes popping out.
2: Right, yeah. <laughs> but it, it has to Wait hold up for every frame. They don't want to spend that money on.
0: Yeah, so,
3: uh, you know, I painted uh, all the miniature sequences in Ant Man Two, and the little the little van, like when he's in his van and it gets real small and like they're doing a chase or something. Man, I, know, I love but, that
2: movie. Uh, that is so great. I'm going to double appreciate it now. Cause your work is there.
3: Yeah. So we, uh, you know, I painted, <clears throat> that was probably the first time that job was when I actually kind of, I got that job on my own, you know, so I wasn't working for another studio head, like the Pim particle came straight to me and, you know, we got that job and the, uh, yeah, so all the little miniature suits and the miniature cars and everything like that, that we all did all that. That is sweet, man. That is so cool. That is very yeah, cool. Awesome. Yeah, it was awesome. So that was like the, my first like six months in Atlanta. You know, it was crazy. It was a crazy story. Dude, there what a like... what a
1: ramp up, man. Like, like from the <laughs> point of where you're just like, oh, yeah, hey, come down and help me with this prop to like where you're just like, oh, sure, I'll paint all these lobsters for you. I mean, that yeah. like, what a what a crazy like six months. Yeah.
3: yeah, we're like that first prop we painted. We painted it at a at a deal's house in his kitchen, on his mom's table, <laughs> you know. And then like, <laughs> you know, like, uh, you know, several months later, we had our own studio down there. That's yeah. great. Uh, unfor- unfortunately, a deal got pushed out of the whole equation, but uh yeah it was it was pretty crazy man all that was going on while adil was you know trying to kill us all you know poor guy you know like i said he like i said he's super talented i mean this guy is immensely talented artist he's just Uh he's just got a his personality is just a a, a little bit too abrasive for for people Mm. yeah yeah that's but,
1: that's crazy. That's great. But and now, flash forward, you've got your own studio now in South Carolina. You're kind of done with the uh, Atlanta work. Yeah, uh, so you, my... you talked about it last time a little bit, where you know you're like, uh oh, it's a bit of a, it's a, it's a bit of a, a, a rat race down there, and you wanted something a little more chilled out.
3: Yeah, yeah. You know, I get <clears throat> my kids are getting older. And uh, you know, I'm looking to spend more time with my family and kind of just do the things that I like to do. Yeah. Uh, so you know, painting miniatures and creating content frees up my time a lot more. You did know, you Atlanta,
1: think? Did you think when you were working at that GameStop that you could you would ever be having a career painting miniatures?
3: No, no. It, you know, <laughs> I, it, I didn't really have any foresight into what I was. You know, at the time, I was really just focused on being a manager at gamestop and doing, right right you know maybe maybe get a promotion there or something you know? yeah but, you know things just happen and if you you know if you capitalize on little opportunities you know and just you know there was certain times where you just throw you need to throw caution to the wind and just go go with the, your gut you know
1: absolutely absolutely know yeah that's great that's uh that's great stuff and so now you uh like i said you've got your own studio right uh at your at your house uh you are um banging along with your grimdark compendium which is your baby which again you can win a year uh of access to it by entering the contest at grimdarkcompendium.com we'll put a link in the uh description of the podcast here but um uh, talk to us about some of the stuff that you've been working on lately like what what I love about um, the stuff that you're doing, Candon, is that um, you don't like you're not you don't stop like you <laughs> you know what I mean you're always pushing the envelope like you're always trying out something new um, you're always pushing forward on something you know you were telling us before the show you got a bunch of projects going on um, and uh, but Recently I saw that you were trying out some new techniques that you were putting on to you know, uh, on the Facebook and the tutorials. Walk us through some of the stuff that you've been doing recently that uh that that's been kinda new.
3: Uh yeah, so the I guess you're talking about the blistered metal technique.
1: Yeah, which is absolutely amazing.
3: Yeah, it looks super realistic. I kinda impressed myself with that one a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> nice. uh, but uh yeah so that that technique was actually discovered in Atlanta while I was working on props and stuff. We actually built a diorama this huge diorama and uh the one of the sh- one of the shop heads down there loved plased it. that's all he painted with, you know yeah. it's like. You know, you paint something metal, you paint it white, red, whatever, then you soak it in plastic Dip and wipe it off, you know? And I was like, okay, you know, so we were building a diorama and we started throwing some plastic Dip and glue to kind of build some textures and stuff. And then, you know, I just hit it with a blowtorch and, you know, it was like this really cool effect. I was like, wow, that looks really cool, you know? Yeah. And so, you know, just messing with it some more. And uh, of course, uh, in the video the tutorial that I just made, that's the first time I've actually tried it on a miniature. There's actually, if you watch, so if you watch the the tutorial on that, you'll see that I bring up a, a plastic games workshop tank at first, uh-huh. you know, and I'm like, don't try this on plastic because what happened to that tank after, you know, as I was filming the, the uh, tutorial is it basically got melted. So it doesn't yeah. work on plastic, but you know, I I was just testing it out to see what would happen, but it works great on resin. I knew it would work fine on resin, but I mm-hmm. didn't know if you know the plastic would hold up. Do but, we know what the yes. do
2: you do know, do we know what the chemistry difference is between the two? Why it would hold up on one and not on the other?
3: Uh, well, I mean, resin is just way more durable and uh, a material than plastic is. Plastic right. is just gonna melt super quick, and uh, you're gonna lose a lot of detail too. So, plastic is not going to hold up to high amounts of heat. Got it. And uh you know, resin's just a solid material. You know, you're not going to really melt it. It's probably
2: just, less spongy, less porous.
3: Yeah, it's just going to hold up a lot better. I'm not I'm not sure exactly that's uh, cool. the science behind it, but you but know
2: But th- that's a, you know, I I mess around with materials all the time and I if you treat the material the wrong way and you get a a, a result you weren't expecting. Like for you know i i'm talking about from a carpentry perspective i you know designed a thing and built it but as soon as i treated the thing with with this special stain it warped the surface of what i wanted and now i don't have a flat surface i'm like crap now i gotta build a new tabletop but understanding when you apply one thing to another thing and the properties is, is part of the craftsmanship so that's what was really interesting to me because this is really great this blister stuff I'm looking at photos of it, and I—it is so realistic. It
3: is so yeah, it realistic. realistic. You know, and that's that's my whole spiel with the with my approach to the grimdark style is to try to recreate realistic effects that you can find in you know everyday real life. And uh, you know, it just takes some experimenting. You know, sometimes you mess some stuff up and you ruin some stuff, but you know, uh, it, I'm able to do all that for you and then give you the t- tutorial on what actually works. Yeah. But yeah, I was real happy with the blistered blistered metal stuff. It looks really real. So I'm, so really I'm looking at,
1: you know, it's the picture of the hatch, I think, right, that you have up on, on Instagram. Yeah. Uh, it's like a circle, right? It looks like a hatch. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, uh, you clearly hit the heat in the middle of the circle there. But did you get it on some of the other edges, too? I mean, did you hit the whole area right there with it? Because it looks like it's a little blistered down in the bottom. Or is that just paint and texturing that you had put on there as well?
3: Uh, anything that looks like a bubble yeah. is going to be the blistering technique. Okay. You know? I mean, I had painted on some chipping and that sort of thing and did some texturing up underneath of the – Top layers of paint, so yeah. some of that texture is going to be thro- showing through. But, yep, you know, um yeah, that's- it's, it's a it's a layered effect. So you, it's a, basically a two a two step process. You do one layer before primer, and uh, then you paint the miniature, and then you do your final pass of blistering ap- after you're finished painting. It. Yeah,
2: yeah. Because if I was expecting like a like the equivalent in real life would be like a, a battleship from World War II, or you know something that had Taken some real damage and then went to a bone yard, you know, or a shipyard where they just, you know, leave them out there. That's what this looks like, you know, this hatch, you know, that's exactly yeah. what I would expect to see. And the idea that this was basically an optical illusion created by an amazing artist with amazing paints and tools, I think that is just mind blowing.
3: Yeah. <laughs> I hope nobody melts their miniatures with a blowtorch. You know, it's. uh, I I I think I was very clear about not using it on plastic miniatures. But yeah, yeah. What kind of
1: what kind of blowtorch did you use? Was it like like one of those like little cooking blowtorches that you do like uh, creme brulees with?
3: Yeah, that's it. I have a
2: creme brulee torch. I use it to melt cheese all the time. It's great. (laughs) Now, I'm going to be run, walking around my house trying to melt things.
1: Yeah. Well, now as long as you have a resin mini, you yeah. you too can do this, Dan.
2: Sweetie, this is why I need a resin printer because I already bought the <laughs> Crumbly lay Torch for twenty bucks.
0: Right. What are you doing? I just want to see how this bubbles up. Yeah. Hey, question for you: You're on your Instagram. You've also got one that you posted like a day ago that shows the Raven Guard, Raven Guard diorama. So. Can you tell us a little bit about, like, the technique you used on the backdrop that he is kind of leaning against there to get that kind of weathered effect?
3: Yeah, that's just all pigment powders. That's a really easy one. Now,
1: Uh, I think last time you talked about pigment powders and how, like, uh, because what we're looking at just for the sake of the audience is, like, it looks like um, a very weathered and mud spattered and caked on rusty type of wall. Right. So it looks like um, like maybe some cement has caked on there, some dirt and mud and, and things like that. So it's very heavily textured. It's not just colored, but very textured. So um, I think you talked about like using hairspray to get some of the pigment powder to or not hairspray. Yeah, but like um, uh, uh Some enamel pigment fixer is that,
3: yeah, pigment fixer, yeah. So, uh, what what happens when you use the like a dry application of pigment powders is it gives it you know, it gives it a very matte finish and it looks Uh like dust, you know. So, what you're seeing on that back wall, uh, you know, it's painted underneath, so the wall is like this kind of bluish color, and then there's Mm -hmm. like some rusty, uh, metal slats and stuff coming out of it and you know weathered all that up with rust and everything but then the, kind of the final thing to to finish it off was give it that uh, pigment powder pass and that just creates stuff uh, such a different finish or surface than everything else on the diorama so if you look at the figure that's on the diorama you know it has a much different finish yeah. on him than the background, and yeah. that just creates that extra layer of realism. So you, Yeah, that you know, contrast. You expect for, yeah, yeah Would you-, you wouldn't expect the the background to to have the same exact finish as the dude's cloak or the dude's helmet. Right. You know, so it's it's just it just creates like a like an effect. You know, and it it, it just reads as realistic. But yeah, that's a that's a pretty easy technique with just pigment powders, dry application. You know, you can use like a pigment fixer to, uh, you apply that to the model first and then you apply pigment powders and that'll ca- kind of hold, hold them on there a little bit better. Uh, but t- typically, yeah, I'm not thinning those down with any kind of water or anything like that. I'm just adding those dry.
0: Now question on those do you do you typically pick a powder color that you want to be towards your, your final, or do you paint, do you, do you do like an airbrush on the pigment afterwards?
3: No, it's just, I just go, you know, I pick out the, like, I think that one was, like, a called Rubble Dust or something like that. Mm-hmm. It's a Lung 502 pigment powder. And yeah. it was just kind of the effect that I wanted, you know. So, you know, we're just looking for, like, a ruined city
0: yeah. in that particular so these are, situation. These are finishing techniques. They're stuff you're doing at the end.
3: Yeah, just putting them on there at the end just to kind of give it that final little layer of realism. But, you know, once you have buildings falling down and stuff, you have mortar and uh, rocks and cement and that sort of thing. And, uh, you know, that'll create a a dust when it falls or is destroyed or something like that. And that dust will cling on to surfaces and stuff like that. Yeah, it's
2: it's a really compelling piece. Um, With that blue coming through, it almost looks like... um, copper when it's turned blue, you know, and then there's the Mm caked on top, um, plus the regular, um, you know, rust colors. Uh, uh, There's so many colors happening here and it all fits together so seamlessly and naturally, which I I really, really appreciate. It's really great
3: work. No, well, thank you. Yeah. Um, like I said, you know, lots of layering, uh, building up just multiple things. And sometimes you end up covering up steps that you've already done you know but i think when you when you layer all these techniques on top of one another you'll end up with something uh, that's in the end a lot more realistic looking than just kind of you know not really worrying about what the under layers look like Mm -hmm. and just slapping that pigment powder on top without really detailing out uh, the surface before the dust you know so it all it all layers up and it creates you know a a bunch of different visual effects and that sort of thing. They end up usually looking pretty good.
1: What I what I appreciate too is that um, when people hear the term layering, they think of, you know, I've got to get thinned down, like uh, almost water-like glaze paint and just go over it layer by layer by layer to, you know, to build up the blend. Mm-hmm. And what you mean by layering is like that modeling, that like that idea of like you've got different textures on top of each other. You've got different colors on top of each other. You've got different like things that create chipping and weathering and damage that show the under under things and your techniques um, in all reality don't take that long. Because you're not going over one area uh, with like very thin glazes like a thousand times to get that mm-hmm. perfect blend, it's about layering it and letting that realism just kind of pull through naturally.
3: Right. Yeah. So, you know, typically you when you paint something, you base it out first, and it's got mm-hmm. this nice, pretty clean look. You know, and it's good to have that look uh, perfectly done. You know, a lot of people. kind of hastily get through the basing out process, you know, but I find it uh, good to base out all the details, the whole miniature, everything, you know, by the time you, I I do it a little bit differently. Like I'll paint one area at a time, Uh but by the end of it, you want to kind of, you know, make sure you have that nice clean factory finish on there. And then, you know, like you said, the first layer of, of of weathering would be modeling and that might not occur on every part of the the surface you know so you have that you have that leftover new looking part and then you have that modeling and then you know there might be some more extensive damage where you can introduce rust and then you know down at the ground level uh, if it's going through mud or you know like a ruined city or something's getting dust on it so you have all these layers of different types of surface finishes yep. and that just creates so much variation and if you can control those variations and keep yourself from spraying your uh, finished work with a with a varnish and covering it all up then you know it's it's they're kind of hard to it, they're kind of hard to see it it takes a while uh, to kind of realize what things look like and kind of get out of old habits. So I'm I'm pretty sure like a a pretty normal habit when you first learn to miniature paints is to always varnish your miniatures when you're done with them. But if you're trying to make realistic surface variations, which is a very important part of painting in the grimdark style, if you unify everything with a right. varnish, then you lose a large aspect of the style.
1: Yeah. One of the, I think that's a very fair point. And one of the things that, um, uh, Vince Venturella talks about, you know, another artist is that, um, why are you spraying a matte finish over your metals? Like you're yeah. like, if you're using a metallic paint, like why are you spraying mm-hmm. matte varnish over it? It just dulls it. Now it doesn't look like metal. It looks like a dull gray paint that has some metallic flakes in it, you know? And so I think that's a very good point. I think another good point is, you know, the way that you generally learn to paint is base everything out, put a wash on everything, uniform, it doesn't matter where, just on everything, and then layer up a little bit, do some edge highlighting, call it a day, you know? And that's like how you get your tabletop standard. That's how, you know, you've got your basic Citadel style paint job And um, what I like about uh, what you do is you say, hey, you know, you base this. um, But in this part, you're going to use your um, enamels and do the reductive technique. In this part, you're going to really focus on pigment stuff. You know, on this part, you may do some chipping. Um, This part, you're going to do a lot of rust stuff because, you know, you're being selective about where you want to do it. And, you know, you don't need to throw the Agrax Earthshade over the entire model you know, <laughs> to uh, to do it, because then it unifies it in that one shade, you know? Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, like I was saying, I kind of paint, like, one area at mm-hmm. a time, you know, instead of doing all steps over the miniature and then yeah. step two over the entire miniature. I kind of just work on one aspect at a time. And uh, I, I, for me, uh, personally, that helps me kind of realize... Uh, opportunities for surface variation you know uh, i might not want this effect on this part of the model yeah you know so yeah it's it's kind of weird uh my buddies all my art buddies always get on to me about that for some reason you know they say you should do each step you know especially when i like drawing or painting or something like that so you know if
2: it works it works i mean i think the the work stand you know speaks for itself
3: yeah, I, I kind of I learned that process as I was uh, – I, I used to paint, like, traditional art and do more, like, illustrative type stuff on uh, canvas or big pieces of paper, that sort of thing. And I would always do that. I would just, like, get the line work on there, and then I would start detailing and painting small sections at a time and finish – like instead of you know like doing one step at a time i would just finish one little area and then start working out from that finishing it and uh you know but yeah so i've been kind of just used to painting like that for a long time but it works for me you know i think uh you can't really do it incorrectly you know whichever way you want to do it's fine but yeah i always think it helps uh, finding those opportunities to create surface variation I think
1: that's the key to it cuz you know when I'm I'm looking at this still looking at this Raven Guard picture that you that you've got up and um by the way this is going to be an epic diorama like are you planning to enter it into a contest or anything like that or like what's the what's the plan end game for this diorama
3: No it's just for a client It's, it's just for a client It's
1: yeah. going to be pretty epic just based on what I'm seeing here um and uh I love the helmet that you put on him you because know, yeah. I think that those guys have the cloaks over their heads normally right
3: yeah that was a big point of conversation when I posted that we looked for the helmet for a long time I couldn't remember which one it was, but I think it's in the uh I think it's from uh one of the flying dudes one okay of their helmets uh out of the shadow what was the last what was one of the current boxes oh shadow yeah Spear? the um
1: yeah, Shadow Spear. Yep. Yeah,
3: yeah, I think it came out of there. I have so many bits, I have no idea where they came from. I just have mountains of bits everywhere. <laughs> so I just grab whatever looks cool, you know.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, it's it it's great. And um uh yeah, so this this kind of leads us into sort of what, you know, our main topic is. And, I mean, we have been talking about our main topic, which is, you know, what what you've been up to. But the main thing that we want to get to is that Um, You know for those that want to learn and perfect these techniques you've got kind of a big course coming up, don't you?
3: Yeah, so we're gonna we're gonna do a master class for the grimdark style or my version of the grimdark style Uh, Basically, you know what that will entail is just I'll take you uh, From the very basics all the way to the the most advanced that I can do so it. I have an outline, actually. I'll actually just read you the outline. So, so you know this exactly is not – and let
1: me just get this uh, – let me just um, understand this. This is not like a live class or anything like this, right? This is a, mm-hmm. um, like a video series that you're going to put together?
3: Yeah, so it's just going to be uh, basically a, comp- a, a compiled version of all the knowledge that I have that's already out there, and there will be some new stuff in there too. Uh, like I said, I'll give you the outline. It will give you a better idea. So uh, I'm thinking of putting out twelve videos into the into the course, and okay. the first one will be uh, into the dark, and that will talk about finding inspiration and color theory. Oh, and, I like uh, that. I because so,
1: part part of my part of what I struggle with the most in doing this grim dark stuff is the color theory. You know what I mean? Because I know mm-hmm. it needs to be more. Uh, it needs to be um, more desaturated. It needs to be um more um uh what's the word i'm thinking of De- desaturated was the main one but also like gray tonish do you know what i mean um yeah yeah muted
3: you know, muted just muted yep yeah. yep yeah and a lot of times finding inspiration is just i you know i like to i'm an outdoor type person i like to go fishing and hunting and that sort of thing and Uh, When I'm doing that, I find all sorts of inspiration out in the woods and, you know, find an old vehicle abandoned out in the forest, you know, and what that looks like. That's always great. You know, so I'm always looking for inspiration. How many times do
1: you find abandoned vehicles out in the forest?
3: Around here? Often. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So the city city (laughs) I came from, uh, Bryson City, North Carolina uh there's a river that runs through that city and the whole the entire bank of the river on both sides is cars really yeah wow yeah and they look incredible too they're all just nasty and just you know <laughs> 200 years old or something yeah,
1: so. just, just tetanus waiting to happen right
3: yeah yeah it's awesome looking <laughs> but yeah there's lots of things where, I mean when i'm driving home from atlanta i'll get behind a like a like a semi uh-huh. and just you know the back of his uh, trailer can be all rusted up and chipped, and it just looks awesome, you know. Next thing you know,
0: thing like, you know uh, you've gone down two exits that weren't yours, uh, right following I'm, the semi I'm, like, while you're driving.
3: Uh And then, so the second video will be getting getting started, and what we'll talk about that one is going to be the safety guidelines and recommended products. So, in that one, I'll just talk about. Uh, basically, probably give a little tour of my studio and show you everything that I have here, and then uh, the recommended products to kind of get started in the style. And uh, then we have the third part, which will be a fundamental and intermediate recap. So, those videos exist already. We'll go back over them. I'll talk a little bit more in depth about some of the uh, larger points there. And then video four, we'll talk mainly about modeling, which is one of the key factors of the grimdark style, uh, especially in the er early stages of painting. And then video five, we'll talk about environmental effects and weathering. What I mean by environmental effects is what kind of environment are you putting your miniatures into and what kind of effects that would have on their armor and you know, flesh, clothes, that sort of thing.
1: Right, so a ruined city would have, like, concrete debris, Mm -hmm. you know, like white chalky dust, that type of thing, versus a jungle that would have mud splatter and that type of thing, right?
3: Yeah, so on that, uh, the diorama we were just talking about, if you look at the sniper guy's cloak down at the bottom as he gets close to the ground, there's a lot of dust pigment on there, yeah. You know, a lot of modeled on and stuff like that, so that would be an environmental effect of the his immediate surroundings. I notice he's also got, you know, what looks to be
1: like dust spots and things that he may have, like, brushed up against. Yeah, you know, so, you know,
3: like if a bullet ricocheted near him and then it threw some dust onto his cloak, you know, yeah. that, that little, kind of little thing can always be a, a little narrative uh, aspect you can throw in there. And then video six, we'll talk about surface finish variation, which is also very important. And then video seven, we'll talk about the various chipping effects, uh, which I do have a series on that. So we'll go back over those. Those are typically pretty key in most situations for the grimdark style. There's a lot of opportunity to do chipping uh, and can lead to some really realistic looking miniatures. And then one that I haven't, really covered i do have some examples out there floating around on the internet or metal applications so different types of metal applications how we can do certain types of steels you know i have i kind of make up recipes here and there and i'll give them names like one you can find on youtube is going to be the sector iron recipe right with the
1: pipe right that video yeah yeah
3: and then I have the one the metal recipe that I used on the balisarius call yep uh, which I I don't really remember what I called that one but probably uh,
1: balisarius call metal I'm just gonna throw that out there Yeah, (laughs) something like that and then
3: video video nine we'll talk uh, about flesh and we'll we'll talk about uh, a lot of different types of flesh and that so we'll do Monster flesh, humanoid flesh, and, uh, you know, just different variations of flesh. And then in video 10, we'll do a full painting demo. So this will be painting a miniature from start to finish to the highest possible level that I can paint. And then uh, video 11 will be basing. We'll talk about basing. And then video 12 will be putting it all together. Nice. So that's the outline of the course. Yeah. And uh, probably what I'll do, uh, how we're going to deliver that, is we're going to uh, pick out a price point. I'm not, uh, I'm not 100 sure what the price point is going to be. Maybe like 100 bucks or something like that. And uh, we're going to limit it to 100 people that could join the course. And we're going to offer it once a quarter. Because oh, very once cool. you once you enter the course, you'll also be entered into. Uh, like a private discord and a private Facebook group just for the people in the master class so I can give you my one-on-one attention you know with with everyone that signed up so thats so are you we're gonna...
1: um, are you encouraged to like go get a, mo- a specific model or or are you gonna bring your own and kind of paint it up and you know throughout the course like share your progress like what's the plan there
3: uh, so we'll probably focus on just a standard type marine model or something like that for, okay. for the most part. Did I, But I do have some uh, collaborations going on right now with some of the people that are big into the the 3D modeling side of things. Yeah. And uh, I'm working with a fella. Uh, I, I know him as Sin Nerds, and uh, what he's doing is he's going to make up some blanks for us, so we'll have some... Uh, if you've watched any of my t- tutorials, you'll know that I use practice blanks a lot. Yeah. So we have some some of those that are skin textured, like Tyranid skin. We have one that's for, like, uh, that looks real nurgly, uh death guardish type. And then we have some actually, like, 75-millimeter heads. And you'll be able to get all these STL files. You can download them. I'll have those available. Or you can, we're going to make molds and cast physical copies of the plastic, plastic, Practice blanks, excuse me. Um, so, if you want physical copies, those will be available. And uh, yeah, so we're we're gonna have a majority of the materials for you to test out the the techniques and kind of get a feel for them. Because that's that's one of the things I always kind of stress is just you know, uh, you know, a lot of times people are just really excited to try the new technique. They see all these new products and stuff. And they get really uh, kind of ahead of themselves, really. And uh, they don't really mess with uh, the products a lot, and so yeah. they're, not, they're not understanding how things are working. So uh, the practice blank is always something I try to recommend, even if you're making very simple ones, just out of plastic card that have no other detail on them. You know, just a three by three inch square. Those are really good to use. I was going to say you've got a, you've got, things.
1: yeah, you've got an Instagram picture of the um, the blood one. Mm -hmm. Right. And dude, it literally looks like you cut a square off of the wall from the walking dead. Yeah. You know, like it's it's the same color scheme with the blood splatter and all that stuff. And, um, I can really see the value of saying, I mean like how many techniques were you using there? You've got, you know, you got modeling, you've got weathering, you've got chipping Mm -hmm. going on. You've also got blood splatter. I mean, just that one card that you use right there let you try out so many different techniques
3: yeah yeah so you know it's just uh it's just a really solid tool and it will just help you become a better painter too yeah If you can paint a blank three by three square or you know whatever to look really cool then you know you're getting somewhere and it's just really good to practice so i use those for practice all the time you know and uh you know when i did my blistering technique the first thing i did was make a make a practice blank and try it there
1: yeah so, uh, so, do you have some details about the course? When, when, do you think you're going to kick it off? How much do you think it's going to be? That t- that type of thing.
3: Uh, well, I have a, uh, I have a people coming down to help me film everything. Uh, oh, cool! Th- on the twenty eighth of this month. So All right. Some, yeah. So uh, some Atlanta contact uh, contacts will be coming. They're going to stay with me for a few days, and we're going to get as much kind of B roll. That sort of thing. Uh, I'm not really a person to get in front of the camera and kind of talk like like you might be used to with other master classes. Uh But uh, so mostly we're just going to be getting a lot of B-roll and just you know shots of the studio and shots of all my tools and things that I have and of just me painting, you know, from a different perspective of just my hands and the miniature. So we're going to start that at the end of this month. And then, you know, there's some, uh, there's some material I need to make, but I've been, you know, gathering footage while I've been making all these tutorials, you know, they always, there's always an opportunity to get footage and kind of save it for later. Right. Yeah. You know, so I've been doing that and, uh, you know, so hopefully I'll be done with it, you know, in the next few months you know i'm yeah. not really sure that, that i got a lot going on and uh, it takes time busy. to
1: edit this stuff too for sure yeah it, t-
3: it takes a little bit of time to edit luckily i've gotten a like a little uh simple like i tried to simplify that process uh, early on so i didn't yeah. spend too much time doing it but so my my process for editing and stuff like that is kind of really just simple and uh so we'll we'll see what happens you know I'll, I'll keep everybody informed the f- the first thing I'm going to do is kind of release the outline and the materials list of everything I'll be using yeah uh-huh. or, or, or you know the main things that you'll need and then offer uh, the links to the STL files and the uh, and the physical products if you want to get those so I'll probably do that first and then you know we'll see what happens i'll get all this b-roll and everything and i'll start putting stuff together but um yeah so very very excited about that you know i think this is uh the most logical next step for me you know yeah i think it's the, awesome yeah we have the compendium it's getting really big now uh the last time we talked great you know, it was doing great. really well it's doing even better now
0: yeah it's great it's good
3: to hear and uh, so I think yeah. It sounds so I think like this. Would be a this good little next oh, step. I'm sorry. And
1: uh, uh, did you say did did you say how much you're thinking of uh, charging for this?
3: I maybe a hundred bucks. Well, you've got other I'm people sure coming to help you do it, you know, and I'm, I'm sure, sure you've got to make
2: it pencil out, right? It's got to be a value, a, a useful thing for everybody.
3: Well, yeah, I mean I'm not I'm not I'm not real worried about making my money back off the first go, you know. So you know this is a this is something that will last. Uh, for the for the rest of my life you know i'll have this master class and i'll have the opportunity to always update it as long as i can paint uh and it'll be there and like i said i'm going to offer it once a quarter and there'll be limited spots you know so you know any any amount of money that i can invest into it to Make it really good quality. Yeah, I, I is, think the opportunity just, you know, to interact with you spend.
2: directly and get your critique and feedback on what needs to change is is just that's a real, oh, a real game changer. It, and it's great that you're offering your time and your oversight to potential students. I think I think that's amazing. I really applaud you for it.
3: Yeah, it's it's you know it's really hard. A lot I get. I get so many messages and people tagging me in comments and that sort of thing every day, and you know it's just really hard to get to all of those every single day. Uh, it's so much so that I, I've, you know, I've kind of gotten some people to help me on social media recently. You know, the group is pushing twelve thousand now, and there's you know it's uh it's to unfortunately to. Really have a successful presence in your group, you pretty much have to be on social media all the time. You know, yeah. it's it's really it's really tough on your schedule, and uh, for, to me, that's just an aspect of the whole situation that I can't really invest too much time into. So I have people helping me on the social media now, thankfully, and uh, but yeah, you know, uh, I always try to fill the direct questions. I always try to get to those. And so I think when the people, uh, sign up for the masterclass, I'll, I'll be there to fill their questions, you know, and they'll only be, you know, a limited amount of people. There's not going to be 12, pe- 12,000 people in the group, yeah. you know, yeah. Yeah. It'll be like a hundred people. So it's a much more manageable thing, you know, for me. Uh, and they'll, you know, I think what I'll do is I'll probably refresh the group every time I offer it. So the old, the old people won't they won't be kicked out. They'll be moved into the Discord the alumni, like or something. Only, you know the general the, channel or whatever. Well, no, it'll be just for the masterclass yep. people. Okay. So they'll be moved into there. So that will grow over time. But the group <clears throat> to keep it manageable for me, I'll move those those people out and let the new the new people in. You know, yeah.
0: You know, it's something. Uh, masterclasses classes are cool because not only do you get direct interaction with the person that, you know, is helping guide you through, but um, it also kind of means that you're going to be surrounded with peers that are truly interested in what you're doing, not just the, um, you know, not just maybe kind of the, you know, once every now and then guy that, that spins up, gets interested and and kind of throws it away. Um, I have a, I have a good, uh, a drumio subscription. I've been learning to play the drums. And, um, at first I was just kind of doing it on my own and I, you know, definitely hit a level to where I couldn't progress anymore. And I thought, you know, if I'm going to really take this to the next level, I have to show some commitment myself. And so I signed up, you know, for a membership, um, and they have, they, I really like dromeo and I'm not, you know, this isn't about dromeo, but they do, you know, they have online coaches that do coach session, live sessions weekly, and they're very engaged with responding to your comments and your questions. Um, and not only that, but like the other members that have ta- that have signed up that are registered users also comment. And just having that environment where like, you know, it's, I'm not just, you know, scrounging off the freeness of YouTube or whatever, but you're actually participating in, you know, a system that has been set up to help you progress um and and you've invested in it it just it's a really it's a good environment to grow so i think this is really awesome that you're setting this up i hope that it i hope it helps you out but i hope that it also just you know helps your community to continue to move to the next level as well
3: yeah yeah and the 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 community the grimdark community is getting you know pretty big now and you're starting to see a lot more of the grimdark style Mm -hmm. just kind of all over the place you know so yeah lots of dark pictures uh, yeah, I think, uh, you know, I think a lot of people's getting into it, you know, and uh, these, some of these, there's, there's a lot of people that take their hobby pretty, pretty seriously, you know, so, you know, uh, this will be a good, good thing for those people, yeah, you know, and it'd be good for me, I like to interact with people like that and kind of teach, you know, I'm not, I'm not a very social person, uh, but I do like to help people and, and teach what I know, so that's, that's kind of where I flourish socially, uh, but yeah, so, like I said, very excited about it. Uh, it's going to be a lot of work, so, you know, uh, I'll get it out as soon as I can. You know, I'm not going to promise any kind of timeline right now, but we'll, we'll do it as, is just as good as, good as I can do it as soon as I can do it. And I want to make sure. Well, that's we
2: wish you all the best. Quality, so. Um, we're certain it's going to be successful. Just, because of the quality that we know that you you produce and 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 the strong following you have so we will be applauding from the sidelines and and we'll tell Justin that he should uh, drop the hundred bucks and get in on the class
1: (laughs) oh it's without a doubt I'm hey listen I'm in I'm in class he needs the help he needs the help all right so just just gonna throw that out there Oh yeah, yeah, thanks. I I'm mean, smart, I do. I'm but... smart enough not to pick up the little paintbrush, so no one knows that Yeah, do yeah. About so it's so... <laughs> it, it's it's without a doubt. It, listen, if, even if you need a test class, I'm in that one. So you yeah. know. <laughs>
3: yeah. I uh yeah.
1: just just wherever the dotted line is, put my name. Easy day. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, so. uh, test class might be good. You know, I'm always I always like to get people's feedback. You know, to see how I can make things better. And, uh, you know, luckily the community is pretty vocal about that sort of thing when you, you know, if you're asking how to do something better, they'll typically help you out with that. So a test class might actually be a good idea. And your community,
1: your community is really good too about, um, not being a jerk as well. Uh, you know, I mean, I think a lot of the people in the, and I think this is in the hobby community in general, you know, you'll run across a couple of people that might be a little, uh, uh, brusque with each other, but, um. You yeah. know, for for the most part, though, people are always willing to lend a hand, and I think it's because no matter who you are, we've all started it at on the first step, right? Right. All yeah, of our first yeah. miniatures were ugly as sin. Yeah. And, yeah. That's right. You know, like so we we've all been there at one point. So that's I think that's something unique about um about like the painting community is um you know everybody had to start somewhere, and and they and we all recognize it. So. Um, yeah. It's pretty cool.
3: Yeah, jerks get removed instantly. <laughs> yeah, you know, for the most part,
1: there's uh, no there's no space for them. I mean, there's just yeah. no need for it either. You know, so. Yeah.
3: yeah, we're trying to you know the whole the you know the the Facebook groups uh it's really learning focused. So you know you yeah. need to be patient with people and you know if they're asking you. A specific question about what they should do next, or something like that, and what they have doesn't look that good. You know, it's it's not really your place to tell them that what they have doesn't look good, you right? Know, just answer, right. Just answer the question. Yeah. Know, yeah. You know. You know. But uh, yeah, so I mean the 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 community that we have right now is really great, and there's some be, there's been some people that have kind of popped up recently to uh, kind of help me out a lot, and uh, you know those people are awesome you know, like, uh, you probably noticed a fellow named Timu in there. I think that's yes. how you pronounce his name. Yep. Yeah. He's yeah. real coming up, you know, he's, he, he's very knowledgeable about all the techniques and a uh, super nice guy. Very helpful to me. You know, he helps me run the group and everything. So, you know, and then one of my old buddies from high schools is helping me with the social media stuff now. And the, and that guy's just a, uh, it's just a real good character type person. You know, he is a great character, very social, just naturally encouraging and he loves art. So, uh, but yeah, so gr- great amount of help Yeah, uh, doing all this. I definitely couldn't do it by myself. Uh, but yeah, I'm, you know, I'm really actually very blessed to uh, have all the, the help that I have and all the support.
1: Yeah, it's, uh, that's great. Uh, cause ultimately your success also becomes our success, you know, the way that you, um, you, you succeed and then try to, uh, turn it around and push it to the rest of us to follow the way. Uh, you know, so I think that there's definitely a symbiotic relationship that we get from the community with helping you as well, you know, so, um, you know, more of that, please.
3: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's good. It's going really great, man. I'm, you know, I'm going to, uh, very happy about how everything's been turning out.
1: And I'm sure that your wife has been like, okay, this is actually working out. You know, that's good. That's good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
3: It's, it's really good, man. I, you know, always, you know, Sean told me something when we f- first got started and it kind of sh- struck a chord with me, you know, cause I have three kids and, uh, you know, I, I like, like I said, I like to be involved outdoors and. Like I like to kind of provide the food for my family, like hunting and fishing and that yeah. sort of thing. So yeah. Was, and uh, you know, that's important to me on a personal level. And uh he, he told me to, you know, work work for freedom, you know. You, you know, money's not that important, but work so you can be a free person. And uh so that's what I've been focusing on. And it's it's been really great. You know, I've been uh getting getting to do the things that make me happy and and uh it's it's awesome man it's really great
1: That's awesome. That's awesome and and again we wish you the best because I you know you're coming from a great place with this. Uh your all your stuff is just uh absolutely compelling. Every time I look at it I I find myself staring. You know, being like, "Wow, how did how did he really do this?" And then I'm like, "Oh, look, there's a tutorial on that." You know, so <laughs> yeah. so it's great, and you know, the content you're putting out is fantastic. We love having you on the show, my friend. And um, I as as you get closer to putting this masterclass out, we'd love to have you back and and really, you know, push it for for everybody.
3: Okay, yeah, sure. That sounds great.
1: Yeah. Well, thank you, thank you so much for coming. Yeah, man, thanks.
3: Thanks, Kendall. We're uh, we loved huge having friends.
1: you. It's been great.
3: Yeah, thank you. Yeah. yeah, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. All right, thank you, everybody, for listening. Go
1: check out uh, Kenden's stuff. Uh, it's uh, thegrimdarkcompendium.com. You can also find his stuff on Facebook at uh, Zach Cascagoon Miniatures. Is that right? Or the Grimdark Painters uh, Warhammer <laughs> 40K AOS and more. That's the... The group, and you can also follow him at Zach Cascagoun Miniatures, is his Facebook profile. Um, lots of good stuff. Get him on Instagram. Get him on YouTube. Uh, tons of stuff out there. So thank you so much, Kandon. Uh We're gonna put links in there for everybody to follow you, and uh, uh, wish you all the best. See yeah. All right. Thanks. All right. Thank you.
0: Thank you.